This weekend is the uh, last weekend of a three-part homily series we're doing on the Mass. And if you were here last weekend, we talked about the first half of the Mass, the Liturgy of the Word, and the introductory rite. This weekend, we're going to be uh, reflecting on the uh, Liturgy of the Eucharist and the concluding rite. So we're reading from the Bread of Life Discourse from the Gospel of John. And the Eucharist, the Mass, is really right at the heart of our faith as Catholics. So last weekend, we ended by uh, talking about the, the petitions, which concludes the, that first half of the Mass. And then everyone is seated. And then we have what's called the, uh, the preparation of, of the altar. There's typically an offertory song that is, that is sung. And uh, the servers help prepare the altar, bring everything over for the celebration of, of, of the Mass. The collection is taken up at that time. It's kind of a little more of a transition part of the liturgy. And for big family celebrations around Christmas and Easter graduations, isn't a lot of attention given to the table. And for Catholics at Mass, we have the altar, the table of the Lord, which is prepared. And so the chalice is brought over and the ciborium that have the communion hosts in them. And then uh, the priest, people bring up the gifts and really representing the whole community and bringing our lives, our, our offering, our sacrifices to the altar. And then uh, there's some preparation prayers. And you notice that the servers come over and there's a, a washing of hands. And the priest prays for ritual purity to celebrate the Eucharist worthily. And then the altar is prepared. And then there's a gesture for everyone to stand. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to the Lord our God, and then you have your response. And then we have a, uh, we have a, a, a dialogue there. Uh, why don't we do this one? The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And then the priest prays what's called the preface in entering into the Eucharistic prayer, which is really leads us to the pinnacle of the Mass with the consecration and the Lord becoming present in the, in, in the Eucharist. And if you listen closely to the prayers in the preface, and there's different ones for Lent and Easter, Christmas, ordinary time, they really ring with a great spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving for the blessings of the Lord. And we gather for Mass primarily to give worship to God, to give thanks and praise to God. And the preface concludes with the, the singing of the, uh, the, the holy, the Hosanna, holy, holy, holy. That comes right out of the right out of the Old Testament. So there's a lot of scripture in the mass, and then we then we all kneel, and uh, some people they uh, jokingly refer to Catholic calisthenics, where we you know we sit, stand, we kneel, we do all you know, and and but there's very we, we not only pray with our, our voices, but we also pray with our bodies, and what does kneeling signify? It signifies worship, and adoration, and humility. And who do we prepare, who do we kneel before? It's going to be the Lord present in the Holy Eucharist. And so then we enter into the, the Eucharistic prayer and there's calling down upon the, the Holy Spirit and the servers ring the bells once. And then we get to the words of institution. And we heard today in the, in the gospel, Jesus saying his flesh is flesh given for the life of the world. His blood given for the life of the world. Ordinary elements, while the appearances of bread and wine remain, it seems like ordinary bread, ordinary wine, there's a transformation through the words of institution and the consecration. And the substance, the core reality 
of those elements are transformed into the body and blood of our risen Lord. And it's, it's, a, it's a miracle of faith, but from the very beginning, from the Last Supper on, as Catholics, we, when we gather for Mass, it is the Lord Jesus who is present, our risen Lord, sacramentally present. And whenever we have communion that is left, it's never discarded, but it's always reserved in a tabernacle, which always has a vigil lamp. And during the week, we have prisoners who bring communion out to the homebound people in hospitals. Sometimes people just come into the church and spend some time in prayer before our Eucharistic Lord. And so the Eucharistic prayer, uh, well, let me just mention something about the, uh, with the, with the elevation of the host and the chalice, we notice that the servers ring bells. Why do we, why do, we do that? It's not, it's not obligatory. In some parishes, they probably don't ring bells, but it's, a, it's a, I think, a beautiful custom. And it goes back to that era where uh, they didn't have sound systems. And sometimes people were seated far away from the altar. Language, the language of the Mass is Latin. The priest had his back to the people. And so when the elevation of the host took place and our Lord is present, they would ring bells to alert people that Christ is present. And the same with the, with the elevation of, of, of the chalice. And then we get to the end of the Eucharistic prayer with what's called the great amen. Through him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. And your response is, we sing an amen, which means I believe or yes. And we also say amen when we receive the Eucharist. And then uh, everyone stands for the Lord's Prayer, a prayer given to us by Jesus. And then we, uh, there's a few other prayers that the priest leads us in. And then we come to the sign of peace. And interestingly, the sign of peace was added back in only around 1970. See, we lost that for, for many, many centuries. And I think it's a beautiful uh, recovery, if you will. And when we come to Mass, there's great focus on God and worship and the transcendence of God. But we also gather as a community around the table of the Lord. And so this is a, uh, it's really a, a community gesture in there, a sign of peace as we prepare to receive the Lord and the Holy Eucharist. And then we sing the Lamb of God. And what took place on the, on the crucifix, the sacrifice of Jesus, is intimately connected with what takes place on the altar. So we really receive the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and we connect in a special way with the sacrifice of Jesus. And we thank him for the, the gift of his presence. And he, then the priest says, Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. And you say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. That, that image of, of a roof, it comes right out of the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, I think it's a beautiful element because it, it points out how we freely receive the Lord into the home of our heart and our soul. We welcome him in. The one who brings healing, he brings forgiveness, he brings his grace. And it's a very intimate thing being able to receive the Lord into ourselves. And how much closer to God can we get on this earth when we receive the Lord? So as, as Catholics, it's a great honor and privilege to be able to receive the Lord who desires to enter into us so that we can become more like him. And then after, by the way, when we receive, as you know, we can receive on the tongue or on the hand. If you do receive on the hand, and uh, 
it's very important to have one hand on top of the other. Sometimes people come up like this and we're not quite sure where. So if you're, if you're right-handed, you have your left hand on top and you always want to receive with your dominant hand. So if you're lefty, it would be the opposite. And uh, you always do a little bow when the person in front of you is receiving, then you, just, then you just step up like this. And when the priest or deacon or minister says, the body of Christ, always respond with amen. That's your affirmation of who you're receiving. It means I believe or yes. And then when you go back, after we receive, we go back to our place and we kneel down or be seated if you're not able to kneel. And we spend some time in thanksgiving prayer for the gifts of the Lord. And uh, if I could make an encouragement here. So after we receive, uh, we don't want to walk out right out the back door. Now sometimes there might be an urgent reason why someone needs to leave, leave early. But if you don't, let's stay together as the community of faith, the body of Christ, to, to support each other and pray. And uh, when we receive the Lord, it's, it's very, very appropriate and important just to spend that time with him and to thank him for, for his blessings. And again, there may be some urgent reason why someone needs to go early and you're never going to be judged going out. But uh, if, if you don't need to, if there's not that going on in your life, let's stay together because we, we always want to receive that, that final blessing and also to support one another in prayer. Okay, and then we, uh, we, we, we come to the, what's called the concluding rite, and just very briefly on this. The main part of this is a, uh, there's a, a, a commissioning. We have a prayer after communion, some brief announcements, and then we have where the, the priest says, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then the priest or deacon is going to say, go forth to love and serve the Lord. We're, we're being sent I remember Father Chuck Faso, a Franciscan priest I know, and listening to him talk about this one time, he said, rather, it, rather than having an exit sign back there, it really should say service entrance. We're going out there to love and serve the Lord, to live our faith, to be Christ's presence out there in the world. And all of you know, because you're on the front lines, how challenging that is. So we're nursed by the Lord through the Eucharist, through his word, to go forth as his disciples, to love and serve the Lord, and to be his presence out there in the world. A little transition here to uh, wind down this, this homily time. Uh, all of you have been uh, probably listening to the news or reading the news this past week, and I think it's been a really, really tough week for, for, for Catholics. And with the revelations around uh, Cardinal McCarrick from the Archdiocese, who used to be the Archbishop of the uh, Archdiocese of, uh, in, in Washington, D.C., a very prominent uh, cardinal of the church and abuse, sexual abuse allegations are really not just allegations, but uh, significant issues. And then the grand jury report from these six dioceses in the, in the state of Pennsylvania. And it's really been horrific, the revelations there of, 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 of abuse. And I want to just draw your attention to an insert in uh, today's bulletin. It's a statement from our, our Bishop, Bishop David Malloy. And there's also on the back side of that insert a statement from Cardinal uh, Daniel DiNardo, who's the president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So we need to pray for all, all who have been victimized. We pray for their families for, for healing. We pray for reform in our church. And we pray for 
really courageous leadership on the part of our leaders. And if I could give a word of hope on all this, we, we know the church is Jesus' church. I've been talking about the Eucharist today. He's at the center of the church. And we always need to remember that it's composed of human beings who sometimes really mess up in a big way. And so let us pray for, for our church. And we can know that the Lord, he's the evil one. If, if the evil one wants anything out of this, he wants people to disconnect from, from the Eucharist. And we, we don't want to do that because the Lord, it's, he's at the heart of the church. It's a divine institution composed of very fallible human beings. So let us pray for, for all victims, for their healing. We pray for reforms in, in our own church. And we pray for all of us as God's people that we're strengthened in our faith and we all need to grow in holiness. Well, we pray in a special way that our leaders, our shepherds, always reflect the mind and heart of Jesus and their leadership. So let us keep all that in our prayers as we uh, prepare to receive the Holy Eucharist.